Alrighty, guys. Welcome back to Adventure Fit Radio. Today, what we have for you is a show with Jade Mitchell. So, Jade Mitchell is a great friend of mine. I grew up with him and he's uh, become a, a pro boxer and he's doing uh, quite well with his career. So, me and Tommy caught up with Jade and we had a fascinating chat about um, kind of Jade's personal story. He's been through... Um, been through a bunch and uh, and and really only hitting his strides with his pro boxing career later in life. He's um, 30, 31. He's been at it the last few years and, and there was a big period in the middle there where um, things kind of got derailed a little bit. Uh, but um, yeah, Jade is um, Jade's a, a great character and yeah, we had a great chat before I um, before I go on. Jade has a fight coming up. He did want us to mention. We weren't sure when the show was going to come out, but obviously um, now we know. So we uh, just uh, want to let everybody know that Jade does, once you listen to the show, Jade does have his next fight coming out on the 4th of August at Melbourne Pavilion. So uh, it's a big fight for Jade. So if you like the show, get behind him and um, send him some love. Or if you're a Melbourne-based listener, head along to the show. Anyway... Uh, this show is brought to you by Audible, guys. Check out audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio for one month subscription and one free audiobook. Audio, uh, Audible is an audiobook warehouse with the largest range of titles and uh, you should definitely start listening to audiobooks. It's a great way to get knowledge in and um, yeah, you will love it. This show is also brought to you by Quash Creative, guys. Head to quashcreative.com for uh, free report on your existing brand or a free SEO report from our mate Sean Marsh down there. Uh, mention the code word, uh, mention radio when you speak to the guys down there and they'll look after you. And we're also brought to you by Adventure Fit Travel. So Adventure Fit Travel guys, we are heading out to Iceland in November. It's going to be epic. We've just uh, we've actually just sold that trip out. So we're not heading out there in November. Well, we are, but we have another trip coming out in, uh, in December and... Then we've got uh, lots of cool stuff coming up early next year. We've got a mini Australia trip we're about to release. New Zealand, Kokoda Tracks going on again. And uh, yeah, tons of cool stuff. So head to www.adventuretravel.com. Use the code word radio when you are going through checkout and you'll get 10% off all of our trips. Anyway, here's the show. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. And that's it! Yo! Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Are we losing the universe? What is the future of the human race? How many days do you want to live? I did. Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Alrighty, welcome back to Adventure Radio, guys. Sitting here with my uh, great friend and uh, Tom Ahern. Yes, thank you uh, for having me. And we're also here with Jade Mitchell. Uh... <laughs> um, sitting here with Jade, and uh, before we throw to Jade and talk about his uh, his his new pro boxing career, we're gonna uh, we're gonna hit him up with Tommy's tribute, which Alrighty. I'm looking forward to. Hit him up, good pun. Like I've it. been looking forward to it. Yeah, this is an interesting one. So. 
Uh, yeah, so welcome aboard, mate. We're going to do Lover Lover. Um, but it's the... Uh, <laughs> oh, who was it? Who did it? Uh, it's the Nick... Someone... Oh, I've forgotten his name. He did it recently and I've sort of uh, covered that one. So we'll see how we go. All right. <laughs> well, it's fierce. Well, they hurt so bad. The worst thing you can do is make this fucking mad, guys. But before we get going, we need to let you know Jay could put you on your ass, but he won't, cause he's a sweetheart. When I get nervous, I feel like I need to fart. So if you smell something kind of shit, please don't look at me if you want something to hit. Oh, lover, lover, lover. My name is Tom, I'm a little bitch. <laughs> oh, lover, lover, lover. Bill's got a disease and it makes him itch. Oh, welcome. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you, mate. That's the first time I've been serenade yeah. ever. Mate. I get that a lot. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, How is that disease coming yeah. along? Itchy. Yeah, itchy. It's very itchy. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting itchier, actually. Mate. 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 Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, lads. It's good to uh, be here. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Yeah. So um, for those um, for those probably three or four people in the world that don't know who you are, <laughs> why, don't you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and... Um, and your, your career, boxing, how did, uh, how did it all come about? Uh, oh, man, I've been boxing since I could walk pretty well. I, uh, my father was a fighter, his father was a fighter, my mother's father was a fighter. Um, your mum could punch on. Oh, yeah, mum, she can punch on too. <laughs> don't, you, don't you worry about old, old mum. Uh, did you, did uh, you just forget the name? <laughs> <laughs> old, uh, old, Dale, old, 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 Dale, old, old, yeah, good old, good old, uh, yeah, her. What's her face? You still don't know That's gone. No, nah, my mother, Dale, she can punch on, don't worry about it. Don't worry about Dale. Yeah, look, um, man, I can remember going to bed as a kid. My ears would be absolutely burning because, like, knee high, every single night with dad, We'd chuck the gloves on, have a punch on before I'd go to bed. And like I said, I'd have to be struggling to get to bed. I'd be all, they'd hype me right up before bed. Ears are burning. Rightio, get to bed. Don't come out of your room. So that was, that's like my earliest memories of boxing. Ears on fire because I'd been in a headlock getting, <laughs> getting punched up by dad. So, uh, oh, man, and I, I've, I've just fell in love with the sport from a young age. Like, I, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, Absolutely love it, and just the challenge of it. Like it's it's unlike any other sport where you challenge yourself in so many different ways, mentally, physically. Like all the work that I put in in uh, in making it to a fight, and then even with your weight cuts and stuff like that. And then there's there's other other areas of the sport that no other sport challenges like this. Uh, you've got a trained fighter in front of you trying to take your head off, mm. and you might get you might cop a shot, and all of a sudden your legs just stop working mm. and you've got to in that moment you've got to be calm and you've got to get your way through it and that that not that not that i think it's cool getting smacked in the face mm. like that's just part of the sport but uh just the challenge like yeah. i love i love i love just having to dig deep with inside yourself and look that's part of the reason too like i even loved i loved crossfit training like that whereas You've just got to push yourself super duper hard, or like you've got a long workout that's a, a chipper, and you just got to keep pushing and mm-hmm. pushing and pushing, and just that mental toughness mm-hmm. that goes with with the sport. I love it. Like I'm not a violent person at all. Like I hate violence or or inflicting pain on someone. I take mm-hmm. no pleasure at all in that. Mm. But 
when it comes to fighting, like just two guys who have done the exact same preparation as each other, you've worked to it, and especially the level I'm at now, mm. fighting world-class guys, to just stand in there and to say, oh, I am, like just you put it all on the line. Mm. And with boxing, it can be very cruel too because all that hard work I've put in, um, my next fight, July 21st, we've got a tough opponent ahead of us. If I zig when I should have zag, mm. zag all over. All over. Yeah, and then right. all that hard work, my titles are gone, my world ranking's gone. Um, it's very so, make or break, isn't it? Oh, mm. make or break big time. And, mm. and I like that challenge and that pressure. It just That's what I love about the mm. sport. It's just so final. Mm. Yeah. There's you, no coming back from it. Do you think with, um, with what you just said, I mean, you said a lot of stuff there, Jade. I um, said a heap. <laughs> but, but, but like one of the things that I heard a trend with what you just said is like the, the mental challenge mm-hmm. more than anything else is something yeah. that, you really, that you really like with, with boxing. And considering you've done it from a young age, do you think um, putting yourself in that situation, say when you're 12 years old, 15 years old, getting punched in the head, getting, getting down in a mm. fight, for example. Getting um, down. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you, you know, we start crying because yeah. he's a little bit you know, <laughs> emotional. Yeah. And, yeah. Hold the phone. He's been, yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, but like, and even now in your, in your professional career, does it make going through tough periods in life easier? Um, yeah, I'd say definitely. I'm, man, I'm such a happy-go-lucky, optimistic type dude. Like, I don't, I don't really dwell on anything. Mm-hmm. I, um, I don't know. I, and I figure too, just in life, just be a good person, mm. be nice to everyone, be happy for anyone who's achieving anything, and just. I don't know. I just don't. Nothing worries me ever. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Like, but- just and it doesn't matter what what is thrown at you in life. You can overcome it. Yeah. Like we're all equal. Like totally. I, I I I look at things that way. Mm. But as far as I don't know, nothing bothers me. I just go through life and. Well, that's good. I mean, I just mean some some people probably does. Yeah. And maybe it like might be, but for you it might be. I just mean like um, you could say it in another in another term. Like it's probably given you the ability to like really know when to push hard in life and strive for things and you know oh, mate, the, the working hard side of it and hundred percent. Like a lot of it carries over to I reckon to life. Also, probably because, giving you that ability to have the mindset which you just described. Yeah. Where you're just able to go through it. Because I I also like I went away from boxing for quite a few years because like everyone else. You just want to achieve and I started to chase a dollar and ended up with a mortgage and everything and, and I was still an amateur boxer back in the day. I started my own concreting business and that was the same thing there, financial pressure and stresses and stuff like that. None of that ever got the better of me, yeah. even though I had people rip me off and like in business, anyone who's in business, they'll tell you, like everyone wants something for nothing and financial pressure is one of the worst things that, mm, uh, like it's it's bad. Like, 100%. But even even in that even being in that and experiencing that like still there's always a way out you've yeah. just got to you just have to just double down and just mm-hmm. get it done no matter no matter Work what hard. no matter what's in front of you in life you can make it happen yeah no i agree mm. whole wholeheartedly so all right so as a bit of a timeline you just mentioned the fact that you had a, a big period out of the sport. So yep. coming up as a youngster, like you boxed till when? And then because you had a, you've had an, because I know you well, for the yeah. listeners that, are, that that don't know, me and Jay grew up together. Mm. Um, so I know pretty well a good part of the story. But like how did it all work? Because there was a big period there where you went off track to your boxing dreams. Like laid out for us. Yeah. Well, oh, from from a young age, like I, like I just 
said before, like I've just been obsessed with the sport of boxing. I love it. And it always, always, I grew up on Mike Tyson and Rocky Balboa. They're my two yeah. favorite fighters. They're the best. Um, even Rocky's fictional, but he's still what? the greatest. <laughs> so, Hang on. <laughs> but, uh, you, look, just, you just told me Sandy Fultz is real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I grew up on that and I love the sport. And all I've ever dreamed of is becoming a world champion. And, um, and I was quite a hefty, big boned young fella. Mm. I still am now. Like, like, You're fat, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually. I just a bit of time spat everywhere. Then sorry, but uh, look, just joking. Yeah, I was made uh, before. <laughs> spitting and farting. We'll start with the dick jokes. Yeah. But, uh, oh, they'll be on. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So anyway, I uh, I always had the dream of becoming a, a world champion, and and I'd always boxed, and my father had always trained fighters, and I just kind of thought it was it was just going to happen, yeah. like because it's just it was just I was just brought up around it. Yeah. So anyway, um. I played a lot of footy and stuff as a kid. That's sort of where we really hit it off together yep. with the Ride Juniors. But uh, Premiers, uh, two thousand and uh, nineteen ninety something, and into the two. Th- <laughs> we, we were good. We won a couple of flags. Yeah. <laughs> oh mate, we were we were invincible for yeah. a while there. I think we, I lost four games of junior football my entire junior football <laughs> yeah. career. But anyway, we were good. But uh, it was sick. But um, so anyway. Boxing was always there and I always thought I was just going to do it and I was always talented and everything. And then my dad just said to me one day, he's like, look, mate, unless you lose the weight and I book you a fight, all your dreams of becoming a champion, never, ever going to happen again. So Mm. I was 15 years old Mm. and I was about 115 to 120 kilos. Mm. So I was a big kid. And like, I only stand at like, I'm just under five eleven. Yeah. So that's that's a fat kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Good anyway, chicken. yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Cartman style. So so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. I was a bit of a beefcake. So I uh, the very next day, like I was only fifteen, and I just started working um, with an asphalt company. So anyway, Dad used to drop me at Arthur's seat, and I used to have to run into Red Hill. Mm-hmm to get to work so yeah. I did my road work every day and yeah, it wasn't sick. dad trying to force me to do it I wanted to do it like, yeah. and then I'd eat my egg white omelette and then I'd work all day then I'd train boxing at night mm-hmm. and just just because dad said to me alright lose the weight and I'll get you a fight so I just click of the fingers just flick of the switch and I'm into it mm-hmm. so I lost my weight um, and then and what did you get down what, what, were you, what did you get down to to, fir- to have your first fight my first fight was going to be cruiserweight which was 86 kilos okay right? so there's not many 86 kilogram kids around um, <laughs> or 91 kilogram kids mm. around for that matter um, so dad dad actually organised my first fight and entered me in the Victorian titles um, for my very first fight ever and this isn't novice or intermediate was I was fighting for the Victorian title in my first fight ever. <laughs> so um, so anyway, I ended up fighting. There wasn't a cruiserweight, so I fought Gary Doggan, who was a heavyweight. Um, so I gave away weight and everything, and I just thought I was invincible for that fight, which I... Um, I uh, man, just just how worked up I was. Like this, I'm finally realising a dream. Mm-hmm. And I cleaned up Gary Doggan. I didn't expect to get selected for the Victorian mm-hmm. team. Um, I got selected for the Victorian team, and then two fights later, I was the Australian light heavyweight champion, which mm-hmm. is at 81 kilograms. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, then I was then I was on my way. Like so, that happened quick. So I flicked the switch, did that, mm-hmm. and then. Um, then move over to uh, the association and suffered my first loss there. Um, and then went through my juniors, ended up becoming a multiple junior and 
uh, Victorian and national champion. And then, um, and then uh, I don't know, sort of about the age of 19, I got my first house. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it became hard to manage to train at the highest level yeah. and fight. Because in Australia, boxing is such a small sport. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd only fight when it comes to Victorian title time and Australian title time. Mm-hmm. And if you stuffed up, your whole year's gone. And you've only got three three-minute rounds, which yeah. is totally different to what I've got now. Yeah. Yeah. So and then mm. as so this is all amateur boxing, right? All amateur. So yep. when you're an amateur boxer compared to a pro boxer like you are now, obviously you're alluding to the the fact that obviously the the money probably wasn't there to make it a real there is none. There is none. Is it So how's it work in amateur boxing compared to professional boxing? Is there can you have sponsors? Do you get paid for the fights? Like how's it work? Oh, I'm you assuming have, you can have sponsors, but um yeah, but sponsors, I don't know. Sponsors are hard to come by. Like mm. How do you get a sponsor as an amateur when there's no exposure whatsoever? Yeah. What's yeah. the point for a sponsor? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, like, like you have people who help you out. I had a few people who helped me out over the years with sponsorship as far as... Because the funding isn't there either. Like, um, especially with Victorian boxing, the funding was never there. They never put the money back into their fighters mm-hmm. out of the promotions. Whereas all the, other, all the other states, like they actually fly teams over from overseas, bring them there to fight their guys and everyone gets better and better Mm -hmm. and better and grows. But with Victorian boxing, um, I don't know how it is now because I haven't been involved in amateurs for ages, but we used to have to fund everything. So if I wanted to fight, um, I'd have to fly fly an opponent in to fight me from interstate or whatever. And, um, And I'd have to foot that bill instead yeah. of the promoter mm-hmm. which is like which, yeah so that's insane. To, that is insane, just it? basically yeah. basically paying for someone to come and punch in the face you invented a sport yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny because like what the actual I mean you're doing it for the love anyway at this mm. point but like the actual yeah. sport itself yeah. is like one of the most brutal sports you can ever like 100%. to your body to your head to your whatever yeah. like mm. you're putting yourself like you said earlier you're putting yourself right out there in death city yeah, yeah. yeah. well amateur boxing's a lot safer like now yeah. professional boxing's brutal mm. like yeah. it's full on yeah. but um, but you're trained and conditioned for it now this is my life this is my yeah. job this is all I do yeah so so what happened though so alright so this so, is your amateur boxing so career and then, then when did when did it like um what was the period like when you had time off and like how did that all come about? Um, well, I started my concreting business when I was 18 years old um, and and I was uh, still tr- – I'd always try and train and and work as well. So I'm working six or seven days a week. So I was always driven with that, as driven with working and making a dollar as I was with, <clears throat> uh, with the boxing. So it was just such – so hard to balance and um, – and then I got to a point in my business where, and boxing was just going so slow, not getting fights. It was costing me money to fight. And then when I was training full on, I was letting people down with work. Yeah. And when I was working full on, letting boxing down. So it yeah. had to be one or the other. Mm. Yeah. So I just kind of lost my passion for it. And um, just a few, a few different, um, a few different things that that happened that I wasn't too happy with the way that I was. Um, that I was treated. I was sort of always on the outer. I wasn't. I wasn't someone. I wasn't sort of like a yes man. Like I wouldn't. I. I. I ran a business and I had to do certain things. I couldn't mm-hmm. do everything that the team Victoria wanted me to do. And yep. I, there's a few fallings out and a few trips that I missed out on. And um, I won't go into that. 
today, but there's just a whole lot of political bullshit that mm-hmm. uh, that kept me out of uh, world championship selection and and Commonwealth Games and and Olympics yep. and and, I, and a few injuries and stuff too. Like I um, when I was going to fight for my first uh, Victorian senior title, and, and I believe the Com Games were coming up, or maybe it was the Beijing Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, the week of the fight, my appendix burst. Oh. And, um, well, yeah, <laughs> I had a stomachache, right? And every, mm. when I was an amateur, my wife, my wife's Italian family, amazing cooks, every Sunday I'd spar in the morning and I, then I'd, uh, it'd always be homemade pizza and lasagna. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and, that's um, I'm, I'm going to start boxing. Yeah, I'm going to start well, boxing on Saturday nights because I love a good pizza on a Saturday well, night. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, back, back then, as an amateur, because I was still a kid then as well, I hadn't put any man meat on, so to speak. But uh, I'd always be a little bit underweight. So then uh, I'd made the weight comfortable. So on Sunday, I'd just eat that much food after. I'd mm. be so strict all week on my eating. I'd eat that much food. I'd just sit on the couch. I'd just be in so You'd much pain. Oh, organ. Oh, yeah. so organ so every much, week. Different so organ. Much pain. Army lungs are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's every that. Yeah. 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 Just eating cigarettes. <laughs> eating That's not food, Judge. <laughs> Just relax. So I'd just be in that much pain. And uh, anyway, this this particular time, I had a bit of a sore stomach before sparring, like a bit of a tummy ache. And uh, tummy <laughs> ache. bit of a tummy, ca- a tummy ache. I had appendicitis, but um, and still sparred, getting whacked in the guts and stuff. And in the moment, in the it doesn't tummy. bother you. So I come home, eat that much pizza. It's not funny. I'm sitting on the couch and my guts are hurting, but even more this time, I'm just like, oh, it's really, I've really overdone it this time. Yeah. So, then I, then I didn't eat, so then I didn't eat dinner. And then uh, the next day I wake up and I'm like, fuck, I've really overdone it. I'm like, I'm so full. But <laughs> so full. I wasn't full. Um, Body's like, just feeling Jesus, it. Like, bleeding into his yeah, own yeah, yeah. I'm like, own Jesus happiness. Christ. I'm like, I was just ridiculously I've never had such a painful pizza yeah and then then I then it gets to lunchtime and I'm in I'm in like really crippling pain now and I'm like fuck maybe it's hunger pains Mm. maybe I haven't eaten since I haven't eaten since lunchtime this day and like I'm I'm working away with the boys still concrete and then because I was only I was only um, I don't know I was only 18 or 19 then I was still subcontract and I was still working with my old boss Pete Fairweather Mm mm-hmm Knocking the mud around, my guts are killing me, and I'm like thinking it's hunger pains. I have something to eat, and then I'm like really, really bad. And then they're like, there's no sympathy from the boys at work. Nah, you go, quite the oh, opposite. You, yeah. you got a tummy ache, Pussy. have you? You, you all right? You probably, you, okay? you probably shouldn't say tummy ache, Jade, when you're talking to the boys. Yeah. You should say something like, ah, oh, me, me, me guts are crooked, boys. Me, yeah. me guts are feeling bloody shocking. That's what I was saying, yeah. but that's what they're <laughs> saying. Oh, I've got a tummy ache. That's what they're saying. Oh, the knife pizza. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so they're, they're just hanging pizza. shit on me. So then I start, I'm just vomiting. I'm just really, really crooked. Um, and I was meant to spar that night. So we call sparring off and I tell Dad, he's like, ah, it's all right. Your appendix is on Have your right. Appendix, is, uh, <laughs> appendix, is, appendix is on your left side. Just there you go. And I, I told Appendix is on your left side. Have a pizza. Sorry, mate, have a pizza. Oh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you another, doc, Dr. Dr. Len, Dad, I'll tell you another one in a second. This is a great junior boxing story. <laughs> First time I ever had a hangover. But anyway, um, so... I tell Pete, I'm like, I can't come to work tomorrow. I mean, just uh, there's some. I'm actually genuinely crooked. There's something mm. wrong. I'm vomiting. My guts are hurting. So anyway, Dad's like, ah, Penning's on the left side. Go see the doctor tomorrow and go get some um, antibiotics so we can still fight on the weekend. So I go to the doctor. He's like, um, you didn't 
He's like, did you drive here at all? I look like one of the Simpsons characters by then. I'm gone. Cartoon like. Full on yellow. Yeah. But my, by the way, like that, my energy levels are just through the floor. Like I'm struggling just mm. to just to walk, talk, everything. I'm just wrecked. And he's like, "You didn't drive here at all, did you?" I'm like, "No, my uh, girlfriend brought me here." And uh, he's like, "Well, you sure? Because I need to call you an ambulance. Your appendix. I'm pretty sure you, your appendix might even be burst. Like mm. you, you know, you're no good. So I get to get to hospital." And yeah, sure enough, my appendix, my appendix had burst. I didn't know at the time, Fuck. but they had been burst for quite some time. My appendix was actually gangrene inside of myself. Jesus. So I was Doesn't full septic. Good. I was full septic. My appendix Absolute is gangrene. Tank. I'm dying. Uh, your appendix is on the left-hand side, mate. Fuck. You'll be right. So that's <laughs> yeah. doc, Dr. Lenifer. So, um, <laughs> Cheers, Dad. Yeah, Cheers, Dad. Dad. But uh, yeah, so, so anyway, I get, get my appendix cut out. I got drains, everything in me. I was in hospital for like three and a bit weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we got through that. And so then I ha- had a bit of time off. And then uh, then I come back um, one week out from representing Australia at Air Fury Games. I dislocated my shoulder. And then um, because I torn all the ligament in there and I had to fix that. So then I couldn't punch. So then I was running. I run too much. So then mm-hmm. I had to get uh, my knees cleaned up. Right. Um, so I took all this time away, come back. Um, and then you'd, take, you'd, you'd work your butt off and I come back through all of that. And then if you've got three three-minute rounds or it was four two-minute rounds back then, to get the job done, it's quick and the dead. If you have mm-hmm. an off day, you're out. So your mm-hmm. entire year's just done. So all the work I put in, I just sort of thought, I'm fucking going nowhere. Mm. I'm not making any money. Fuck this. Doing I'm two things kind yeah. of shottily rather than you could do one thing yeah, well. One yeah. thing properly. Yeah. So um so I've no doubt I would have went I would have went to uh, Com Games or Olympics if I had mm-hmm. applied myself the way I am mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But I'll just quickly go back to Dr. Lenifer again. <laughs> um my <I> first <laughs> My first uh, first amateur championship uh, when I when I come over to the to the uh, association as I spoke of earlier okay. and I suffered yep. a loss, but this is the year after uh, Victorian Junior titles. Um, I had a really really bad head cold, so Doctor Lenifer's advice was: this is a day before the fight, um, whiskey. What you want to do is go down the sauna. Mind you, I'm 16 years old, 15, 16 years old. Go down the sauna. You want to fill your mouth up with whiskey so your so your cheeks are full, like real big mouthful. So and then just just gulp it down and then sit in the sauna. So when is did, this the day before a fight? Day before a fight to, to get to get rid of my head cold. Yeah, right? yeah. So so anyway, um, so. Then I've got you're, this needle. After you've done the whiskey, <laughs> you're dehydrating yeah. and you're drinking whiskey at the age of sixteen. Don't worry, everyone's good. <laughs> yeah. In a sauna. Yeah. So anyway, um, next day I woke up and man, I'm clear as like I felt awesome, like as far as my breathing and everything. Drunk as fuck still. Yeah. Point oh no nine. Relative Hung over as a motherfucker, like because I'd never drank that much straight whiskey before <laughs> yeah, in, my, yeah. in my 16 years and uh, and dehydrated myself. I made weight fine. I could breathe good, but man, I was fucked. Like I was, <laughs> I was, I was so hungover. And I still won, yeah. I still won the fight, yeah, yeah. but fuck, it made it hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so the that's, old school, that's um, another. It's just the old school, like yeah. uh, whiskey or whiskey will fix anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like from, yeah. Like, probably like the 1920s. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have gotten the sauna with whiskey when, when I had the gut ache. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I wonder what would happen if you'd just gone to the sauna. 
like irrespective of the whiskey. Is that a thing? <laughs> What's that? Well, if you just go to the sauna, you just breathe all that hot. Yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, probably. Mm. Probably. But don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, we'll that's Dr. Lane's performance. So, so when you – so, all right. So let's get this timeline back on track. So, so yep. how, when you had that um, time off, like making the decision, uh, what was that like inside of your own – in your own head? Because obviously, like you said, since you were a kid – because you were going pretty well at this stage, right? You weren't losing fights. Like, you were doing yeah, well. Yeah, I was doing well. How did the decision well. go? Having a, having a grapple with, like, right, I've got dreams, I've got goals, I've got this fucking mortgage, and I've got this business. Like, you know, must have been well, pretty tough. There you go. Um, you hit the nail on the head there when you said, like, you're not doing either of them probably. Mm-hmm. And I got into that stage in my life where... And and the way I was financially, I had this business that I was trying to build and everything. So, it was a bit of a no-brainer. I had mm. to just knuckle down and just just work and yep. keep pushing there and look i um we had we had a good business and i i had like a a, a nice uh we turned over a few houses we had a really nice property in right we're on an acre and a half awesome pool outdoor entertainment area like it was sick and i had um i had uh my trucks i almost owned them excavator like just just had everything it was yeah. it was good like mind you had everything but still had fuck it all financed yeah, like yeah, i'm yeah. working working you my had it in your yard like, you just yeah. didn't own any of it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i had had all of that <laughs> so anyway um so anyway and i just um was working 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 and uh was getting fatter and fatter and fatter good just beers bay marie bakery just all the bad stuff. All the good stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah Everything's over B. Yeah. Mm. Every, yep. Bongs. <laughs> yeah, got, on, got on the bongs for a while. On but, the building. Uh, bongs, bakery yeah. beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, there's, still, there's only one. Yeah. Only one bitch for me. I love you, Teagues. But uh, anyway. Tegan. Hashtag yep. Tegan. Yep. Hashtag Bong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyway, I... I, the only thing that would I, and I just kept I didn't give a shit about anything because I somehow I just knew I was going to get through this stage of my life with work and I knew I'd get back to boxing I just knew it was going to happen. You so really knew that. You really thought that I, the whole way. Well, if well the thing is is I just had this this comfort thing in my head that fuck it if I want another beer I'm going to have another beer. Yeah, it's good. If if I want another fucking sausage roll I'm going to have another <laughs> if I want to chuff the billy again chuff, boys I'm yeah, on yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm about yeah. no, don't worry I'll but, start tomorrow and that's, but that's exactly what it was like yeah. I'm just like no nah, I could do this I've done it before I've lost all that weight I'll do it again mm. doesn't, doesn't bother me yeah so you had the comfort okay. of knowing that you'd, you'd, yeah. you'd, you, you could get back to where you point. wanted to get back to yeah but having said that um, my wife my wife sort of, she encouraged me to sort of get back into it I sort of like seeing people achieve success that I'd either beaten or, or I, I knew I could do it and I'm just like well fuck mm. same thing again dad's sort of like well you're not getting any younger you're like 27 years old now and 130 kilos mm. fucking do something about it mm. and I'm like I kept asking dad to train me he's like you got to show me that you're even fucking keen look at what you've been doing for the last few years this yeah. isn't how many years did you have off profession, uh, about three and a half it was only three and a half oh, only right, three okay. and a half right. yep, yep. so so um, so it's from early 20s to uh, yeah about 27 and a half yeah and um, so and dad always he always sort of tried to steer me away from boxing because he knew what a tough road is he knew there's not much money in it unless you really make it then there's squillions of dollars in it but yeah. um but it's it is it's physically mentally financially it's draining and it mm. has been draining but mm. um but anyway um 
So I had to prove to him that I could do it, that I could get the weight off and that I was serious. Mm-hmm. So once again, I just, I knew I could always do it. Mm-hmm. So I just flicked that switch, crawled out of bed, hung over as fuck because that's how I used to get out of bed every day, just being a fat alco concreter. Were you, were you, were you, would you be like a five, ten beer a night drinker, would you? Like every day after work, was that kind of the thing? Yeah. Really? Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, no worries. Me, me and my good mate, Adzi Deloza. Yeah. I think as he's still still motoring on in the crease. He's, 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 he's a boxing career going. Is he easy back in the uh, in the ring? His yeah. <laughs> boxing career never took off. But. It's probably hallucinating somewhere to be yeah. right now. He's <laughs> a legend. Yeah. Oh, he is, man. That's a listen as to this he, too. As he is a legend, but one of the nicest guys Glad you've you ever met. Glad that in there after we but, just dragged him through yeah. the mud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to you got to know Azzy, but like yeah. he's he's a fucking legend. But anyway, um, so you said that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, so I just flipped that switch again. It's like four o'clock in the morning, 130 kilos. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. Mm. So I get out of bed and just walking down the hallway, still a little bit dusty. My joints, everything are hurting because I'm just a fat pig. And um, Cheers to all the 130 kilo guys <laughs> out there that are listening. No, this is what it's like, but no, And if yeah. you make your mind up to do something, you can do it. It doesn't matter what it is. You can do it. 100%. It's just having the drive to do it and having that vision. But Taking any- the first step that you're talking about right now is probably yeah. the biggest thing. Oh, man, it was hard. Mm, and it would have been. Just getting on the road and just starting to train like a like a athlete again mm. was full on. So my everything was aching. My joints, everything was aching. Um I'm in a lot of pain in my feet, ankles, everything. It turns out a few weeks down the track, I'd, I'd lost a few kilos. But um, I went to the doctor like, oh, yeah, you've, uh, you've broken your feet and your ankles. You've got compound fractures right through everything. You're, oh, you're fucked. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense why yeah. I'm in so much pain. So I ended up with all these bone spurs and all this other stuff. But I just kept pushing through. Fuck it. Like, what, am, what are you going to do? Just give up and yeah. just go back to, oh, it's too hard. I'll be mm-hmm. fat again. Mm-hmm. And give up on it yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. going to do it so bone spurs everything but as I got lighter man it um, took everything, care of itself everything yeah took care yeah. of itself a few cortisone injections on the on the way down just to numb the pain and yeah. uh, we got there in the end but mm. um, yeah so that was that was the beginning of it and then um, my first professional fight got booked because the only way I was going to come back is if I turned pro that's it well I'm glad you said that because that's before you got into the next fight I wanted to ask you because I don't understand the difference between really the amateur and pro. Obviously, yep. but under my understanding, like you've got the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics as an amateur, right? Yep. And then pro is where all the money is. Is that like a, a, a yeah. roundabout's way yep. to explain it? Yep. So yep. What, 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 what made you choose? You obviously were an amateur three and a half years ago yeah. and you were going yep. down that path. What made you decide to do it the other way and be a pro? Because well, amateur, it's like I said, it's the quick and the dead. The fighting's different. It's the, it's the tippity tap. And this is the kid who grew up on Rocky Balboa and Mike Tyson. Mm. No tippy like, taps, mate. No tippity <laughs> tap. Get in there and bang. Yeah. Like that's what it's all about. The razzmatazz. Chickity chong of the Chinese chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a quote from the movie. Yeah, it is. But uh, anyway, it was a character. That was. Yeah, he chased him around. Yeah. He fit at one stage. Chickity chong of the Chinese chicken. <laughs> a lot of people don't remember that chicken's yeah. name. But um, it was Rocky fourteen. Yeah, but um, but um. Yeah, so what? So what, so what made you so what made you, no, we're talking about pro pro versus amateur. Oh, what made right. you decide to become pro rather than amateur? That's what I've always wanted to do. That was right. always my passion. And the only reason I hung around in the amateurs for so long is because I was right on the cusp of achieving Olympic games or Commonwealth yep. Games yep. or 
that sort of stuff. I was right there. I'd been to the AIS a few times and and it just it just never happened. Yep. So the only way I was coming back is if I turned pro. I was just going to bite the bullet. And once you turn pro, you can never go back to amateurs. Oh, but really? Never. And so how but, do you turn pro? Like, how, can you explain that? Tommy, to if you yeah. want to be a professional boxer, mm. all you got to do is go get your license and you're a professional boxer. Oh, so right. you could never have a fight in your life and you could just tell people, hey, bro. I'm a pro boxer. Yeah, I'll do that anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah. So anyway. I'm also a pro cyclist. <laughs> all, all, you, all you have to do is go get the paperwork done. Mm. But mm. it's a tough gig. So if you're not good at it, you're going to, yeah, it's going to suck. Mm. But, um, but uh, yeah, so that's all All I want to do is turn pro and the fights are longer. They're more grueling. They're more, I don't know, they're more, metho- you methodically break your opponent down. Whereas amateurs is in and out, um, bop, 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 mm. like just tippity tap, tippity yeah. tap. Land as many shots as you yeah. can. Yeah, yeah just, um, so Have a drumstick in your mind starts ticking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Where's this coming from? He was smiling at me. He was yeah. looking at me when he said something. Say something else. Yeah. Say something else. Yeah. 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 But um, got. <laughs> yeah. But um, so that was it. It had so, to it had to be pros. I mm. wasn't going back to amateur. I wasn't going back to the same shit of working my butt off and then I injured myself. And because amateurs is a calendar year as well, you've got set dates that you have to peak for. Yeah. Whereas with the pros, I keep spitting everywhere. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, it's Hold the, it together, uh, mate. It's probably the methane in this room, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> all the saliva in there. But, um, There's a shit in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real professional. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. But um, amateurs uh, is calendar year. You've got to be ready for those times. If you're not, your whole year is done. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the pros... You're climbing the ladder, and there's ways. There's ways to get to where you want to go. You can. You can. There's the business of professional boxing. You climb that ladder. You get to. You get to your state title, your Australian title, your regional title, your world title, and you Universe can pick and choose. You can pick and choose your way. Pick and choose your way there. <laughs> awesome call. Um, yeah. <laughs> you just call it day. You can you can edit that out, can you? Fucking hell. <laughs> can you edit oh, that out? We'll definitely keep that in. Got We're excited. gonna lose some listeners over it, but we'll, yeah. we'll keep it in. Got excited. Okay. Fuck. All right. So anyway, so yeah, you, you climb and and if you're injured, you you can come back do it again, whatever. Yeah. So and just like I said, growing up. Just that's all I've ever wanted to do. That's what inspired me to get back into it. Mm. That's what got me out of the bed, out of bed when I was a massive dude and yep. breaking my feet to yep. get there. Mm. That's that dream of that when I was a kid. It's just what inspired me to do it. Mm. And uh, I just thought um, I did all the hard work and I was good in the gym and everything. I'd, it was funny. My first fight back, I just thought I'd get in there and everything had happened for me. And um, I'd just be back where I left off from. But um, so anyway, I um, I uh, I walk out. My music starts playing. Bit of Culture Club. Do you really want to hurt me? Oh, I just yes. Felt, so just good. Felt, yes. Just felt so awesome. <laughs> and then the crowd, the lights, everything. You just pumped. And uh, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm finally doing it. So we... Um, <laughs> Do you really? It's very flamboyant. It's so funny, yeah, it's man. It's so, I've been a bunch of Jay's fights. Yeah, it's yeah. good to watch when he comes out. Just yeah, sort yeah. of different energy. Yeah, I'm not, I just don't want to fit the mould of every other fighter sort yeah. of thing. Um, especially the white guys who just come out to full-on gangster rap. Yeah. I, I hate that. It's just... Anyway. Very obvious you're not black, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Extremely obvious. Yeah. Um, you're a try-hard. But, um, <laughs> so I thought my entrance was... 
fucking awesome. I give myself a 10 for that. Yeah, yeah. Felt on top of the world. We come out, <laughs> touch gloves, the stare down. I go back to my corner, I'm waiting. And then all of a sudden, the fight starts. And I get out there, I'm just like, fuck. Like, I just forgot how to do it. Yeah, like, it was yeah. just weird. Like, I just, um, I just, yeah, I just couldn't do it. So what I did was I just swung my, swung my arms around, just swung him until the dude fell over and couldn't fight anymore really? and that's how I won my first fight oh, and that's, that's not how I fight like I, I am a You're very I'm a, methodical kind of like yeah I'm a, I'm a boxer I'm in I'm out yeah. I set stuff up I'm a very mm. good thinker that's my main thing my main attribute is I'm a smart fighter mm. I think I break shit down I, I'm very very composed in there my first fight back I was just full blown spaz, just just swung until he fell over. Because wow. I'm like, well, fuck, I can't remember how to do this, so yeah. I'm just gonna do this, and yeah. you're gonna fall over, and yeah. I win. So good thing, dude. I fought, wasn't much chop. Yeah, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but then then uh, a couple of fights later, uh, oh, my very next fight, I took on a guy who no one really wanted to fight. Um, his name's Aaron Lay, who right now he's the current. Um, Australian light heavyweight champion, mm. which is the weight division above, because I was still coming down in weight mm-hmm. as I fought. So first fight was cruiserweight, which was 90 kilos, but I was about 86. Uh, next fight back was uh, 78 kilos. Um, and after that fight, um, because I I turned pro and I took on a good opponent who's just this big knockout puncher, no one really wanted to fight. I took him on my second fight. I felt comfy in there. I outboxed Aaron. So uh, that one went the distance, mm. and then just to uh, just to see if I'd made the right decision, uh, we ended up going traveling to America because um, I wanted to. I want because over there, like it's it's just such a big scene over there, and every gym is just full of killers. Like, mm. and the thing is, there you'd never know who's watching and uh, what opportunities may arise. So when you go over there and you to spar. You're going over there to fight. Every yeah, sparring right, session's yeah. a fight because you don't know who's watching and everyone's got something to prove. And, um, man, that was full on. And we went to the famous wildcard gym in Hollywood. That was our first gym we went to. Within 24 hours of being there, still pretty knackered off the plane. And um, I just couldn't believe I'm just this, this kid from Ryan who's always loved the boxing. And mm. I'm in Freddie Roach's gym where Manny Pacquiao trains, where Miguel Cotto trains, where Oscar De La Hoya trains, where... All these great world champions have trained and I love all the memorabilia and stuff on the mm. walls and just walking around and I uh, just couldn't believe I was there. I get a tap on the shoulder and um, this older Mexican dude's like, you sparring today? I'm like, well, uh, I just ah, amigo, the- you're sparring today. <laughs> you bonito today? Your old trainer was a bit Italian, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. But, hey, uh, you sparring today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, <laughs> I'm like, I start telling my life story. Oh, I just got off the plane from Australia, I'm a bit tired. And he's like, hey, shut up with your face. So, nah, <laughs> yeah. really. And um, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty naked, just got off the plane. He's like, what are you saying? Are you sparring today? Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, that's why I'm here. He's like, good, get your gear on. So no warm-up, no nothing. My first sparring session was with a Kyrgyzstani Olympian who was signed to top rank. Um, so like a legit badass. And um, he's like, oh, how many fights you had, Ozzy? I'm like, oh, I've had two as a pro and about 50 as an amateur. He's like, ah. He's like, if he starts to go too hard, I'll tell him to take it easy on you. And I'm just like, I knew that wasn't going to happen. Nah. So I'm like, fuck, here we go. 
she's on now. Yeah. So anyway, comes out trying to kill me, trying to end my life with every punch he's thrown. And um, I just clicked in. I was just in like the mecca of boxing gyms. Like mm. this is just, I couldn't believe I was there. Mm. I just clicked in. And it's so funny too, like um, everyone there, you've got to prove yourself. So you walk into a gym like that and everyone's sort of looking you up and down like, who the fuck is this yeah, white, white boy sort of thing? Like, And there's like a lot of tension and you've got to prove yourself before you, before anyone will even acknowledge you yeah mm-hmm. especially if you're that much of an outsider you're a white australian like it's just it's the gym's full of um full of uh like mexicans uh uh blacks uh just you stick it why is that funny <laughs> no, I, know, just, funny? I just well, i just wanted to see how you were gonna bro- like get around the different is that even a thing anymore? Like, there's no. black people, there's no, there's, there's Mexicans. I, know. I just thought you were like struggling to say it like politically correctly. There's even a few yeah. yellow people there, some Asians. Yeah, yeah. Bill's got redder than your hat now. And I'm, yeah. and I'm, um, and I'm white. Yeah. But I'm just saying like they're, they're there's different, all different, sorts different of races. cultures in that there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know but why they, I yeah, that's just weird. But anyway, um, so yeah, and all these guys are like real boisterous. Like, um, as soon as the sparring session starts, people are watching, and our sparring session starts getting heated. And then, like, there's more and more people around the ring, and this is it. I'm proving myself mm. to all these other fighters and everyone now. I end up getting away with this guy, completely outboxing him, Shit. and then start um, start to start teeing off on him, and like. There's like people around the ring high-fiving each other like Big Show gets saying everyone's like, oh, uh, shit, fucking high-fiving like, oh, white boy can fight. Fucking it. just going nuts. And then, um, so anyway, I proved myself the first day I was there mm. and then people acknowledged me and then I was like, oh, yeah, cool, I'm one of the boys now. Yeah. And then, um, so um, we're leaving the wild card upstairs. <laughs> upstairs, you can have anyone in that gym. There might be some... Plastic wannabe bimbo Hollywood actress. Hmm. And how big um, is the gym? Is it quite big? Or it's, uh, it's decent. It's yeah. decent, but there's only about eight bags up there. And right. then next to her, there'll be an Olympian. Next to her, there'll be some dude who's never boxed a day oh, wow. in his life and he's just All got caliber. his hands wrapped and he doesn't even have gloves on. He's just wailing at the bag like a complete lunatic. Mm. And That's then next, next to him, there's a former world champion. And next to him, there's an up and coming superstar. But it's just everyone. Yeah, yeah. And there's 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 black people in there too, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's Mexicans, there's white people. Yeah, lots of yeah. So, Sudanese. So anyway, um, I'm nothing against black people. But like, yeah, I don't know why I laughed. You're a weirdo. Yeah, but um, bright Fanta lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's everything. As as I'm leaving downstairs at the time, um, oh, Manny Pacquiao shit. was there getting ready for Floyd Mayweather. So, <sighs> and the car parks all locked down. There's security, everything there. And there's like 400 Filipinos in the car park just trying to get a look at Manny Pacquiao. Like yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's amazing the the hype that's around this. Like mm. everywhere he goes, everyone just wants to meet him and get a look at him. And it's just – it's ridiculous. Mm. Like it's full on. The guy's a superstar. So mm. anyway, we're walking down the stairs and word must have got to Freddie Roach that there's a middleweight here who can fight. And um, he pokes his head out the door because he's under lock and key. He's like – are you guys Australians? Like, yeah. He's like, ah, oh, come in, come in. Freddie Roach's downstairs gym is where Pacquiao, Cotto, 
where the big guys train. You've either you got to be a superstar mm-hmm. or someone that Freddie thinks is going to be a superstar <sighs> to get the chance to train in there. And he's invited us in, so we're, like we'd only ever seen this on HBO's twenty four seven. Yeah, uh, lead up to fights and stuff. It's yep. just like fuck. Yeah, cool you go in full bar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, and um, first dick joke. Yeah, first yeah, dick joke. Yep. Yep. We made reference to the fact that we could be saying dick jokes, but that was the first one. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so, so you're in full bar. <laughs> so there I am. Dick's out. Full bar. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's enough. All right, all right. So um, the dick's completely hard. Good. And I walk in. No. Um, he's talking to everyone like we're all long lost mates. He finally gets around to me. He's like, oh, yeah, you're the middleweight who did good out there today. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, my middleweight start here tomorrow. So I've got uh, Glenn Tapia, who I'm just like, oh, that guy, you just never would have heard of him, but mm. he's a NAPF champion at the time. And I'm like, oh, that guy's a fucking beast. Mm. Like, that'd be, oh, that, that's awesome. And then he's like, and i got that uh, Puerto Rican fella, uh, what's his name? And uh, for anyone out there who knows boxing, you know who Miguel Cotto is. You know who Miguel Cotto I've heard the name, yeah. Miguel Definitely Cotto. have heard the name. He's like, you've got Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. Miguel Cotto. Mm-hmm. They're the biggest draw cards of the past few years. Right. Yeah, well, got, I'm, not a real, I'm not a huge Canelo boxing Alvarez fan. and Triple G and stuff like that mm. now. But mm. Cotto has been an absolute – like, I've, I love this guy. Like, he's awesome. He's an absolute beast. And he's getting ready to defend his world middleweight title against Daniel Gill. And um, he's like, yeah, so I've got the Puerto Rican guy. I'm like, Miguel Cotto. He's like, yeah. He's like, you want to come spar with him tomorrow? I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, come spar with him tomorrow. I'm like, Fuck yeah, like these are absolute, like the best fighters yeah. on the face of the Killers. planet. And I'm like, fuck yeah. I was like so pumped. And then I got out of there and I'm just like, fuck yeah, I'm sparring with Cotto on <laughs> top like? yeah. and, then, and then I'm just like, like I'm still, still fucking. Yeah, full stonker. Full, yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden I'm just like, yeah. and then uh, I'm like, oh fuck. I'm sparring with Miguel Cotto and Glenn Tapia tomorrow. So then, yeah, so then. Just absolute, absolute, yeah, boner gone. Just sheer um, nerves. Yeah, sheer nerves. Yeah. And then anyway, so um, yeah, end up going there. Within the first 30 seconds of sparring with Cotto, he hits me this, le- he rolls under a shot, hits me this left hook behind the ear. I'm gone, I'm fucked. Really? And then um, right right hook to the body and I'm that tickled. And then a left rip to the solar plexus. Now I can't breathe. And then off that, but it was just like, bop, 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 bop. Um, yeah, left rip to the soul plexus and then off that just goes his uppercut to my chin. My head's already fucked. And like I'm just I'm just looking at the roof when he's hit me with it and then my legs are gone. And these guys, like if they get a sniff that you're gone, Cotto would have just got me out of there and then, yeah, you weren't good enough to hang with us. Get your photo with Cotto on mm-hmm. your way. Yeah. yeah. They don't want to ruin your career. It's like a life story. Basically. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got on. No, no, no. They'll bash you. And then you get your photo at the end of the day. See you later. And then you don't get invited back. You're not good enough to no, hang with them. No, that's right. But they won't like, yeah. f- will they knock you out in training? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Especially right. in that gym up top, like, because you're trying to prove yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I proved myself up there and now I'm in the holy grail, like, down yep. the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, so anyway, I just bit down on my mouthpiece. I'm like, fuck this. I deserve to be here. I want to be here. This is my dream to mix it with guys like this. I'm good mm. enough for this. So anyway, bit down on the mouthpiece. Got knocked out and then got told to go home. Nah. <laughs> no, I was still full they, they got, yeah, yeah, still. That was embarrassing. I don't know how it happened, to be honest with you. Still emba- that was embarrassing. I'm like, yeah. So I'm unconscious, full bar. And they, um, they asked me back the very next day um, and then I ended up staying there. The rest of the time we were there, they ended up paying me good money Sick. to spar with Cotto. Mm. 
And um, and then Freddie Roach gave me and Dad full use of his gym, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Um, so we didn't have to fight over bags or anything like that. Mm. So that was wicked. So then I come back home and I'm like, man, I've just mixed it with the current world champion. I can fucking do this. Mm-hmm. Like, so then then it was a thing of um, I'm still working six or seven days a week, concreting, and uh, didn't really have much sponsorship at all, not much financial help, like nothing really. And um, um, I'm working, 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 and then I got prolapsed L4 and L5 in my back, mm-hmm. and um, I got discitis between my L5, S1, L5, L4, L4, L3. So my lower back is cactus. Mm-hmm. Cool. And um, yeah, she's fucked. But um, I was just training, 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 and I didn't have a strength and conditioning coach. Like I'd always work with. Uh, Mitch Cook, who mm-hmm. works for Mel, he started working for the Melbourne Storm again a few, couple of years back. He used to work for the Storm, and I used to work with him back then. Then he went up and went up, went away. Then then he come back. So mm-hmm. I had no strength and conditioning coach. So my body's my body's struggling. I had no idea on um, no idea on um, food, nutrition, <laughs> <you call>? nutrition. nutrition. <laughs> Still have no idea no on idea uh, on um, vocabulary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please put your mouth and it makes you like feel good. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cheers, Phil. But um, but uh, yeah, so that was something that really needed to be addressed. And uh, working along, working along. Then all of a sudden, my back goes, and uh, I had a fight with a guy by the name of Ryan Breeze, which is my first loss. Now my back went. Um, and I keep trying to train, and because everything mechanically in my back is fucked, I keep tearing hamstrings. Mm-hmm. So I can't run to make weight. So I struggle to make weight. My hamstrings are still torn, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Fuck it, I'll beat this guy. Mind over matter. I can do it." And um, so my back's fucked, hamstrings torn. I still take the fight, and it's a fight that at the end, when me and Ryan embraced, it was super duper close, but. You know when you've won a fight, you know when you lost a fight. And he congratulated me before the decision. He's like, oh, I reckon you got me. I'm like, I reckon I just got you too. Because in the fight, oh, fight. He, was, he was busy. Was he was busy with little flicky, tippity-tap stuff. And at times, I heard him. And I was making him miss. And I was the cleaner fighter on the night. He was the more erratic fighter, but probably had a little bit higher work rate. And then mm. it wasn't until about the seventh round that I'm like, fuck, like, even though I hadn't trained properly for the fight and my body was fucked, I just clicked in. And then the last few rounds, I pretty well, I come over the top of him in the end. Um, but anyway, decision went against us. And like I said, I'm still working, still everything. I was pretty down. I was just like, fuck, like, that's a dude that I knew I should have beat. Like, I'm better than this guy. Like, mm. like, and it sounds bad me saying that now, but he he in the history books he has the w over me and that's that yeah. just it should never have fucking happened yeah so anyway oh that's sport though we, i mean at the end of the day happens, that's yeah. sport what, especially what, with boxing when you got about, judges yeah, what we're talking yeah, so, so, always, so always subjective. subjective you know yeah. compared to like yeah. a score on a basketball or a footy game you can't yeah. you can't argue with 100 100% so um so anyway it was the thing then was I'm still working my butt off. My body's struggling. What do we do now? So my wife is behind me, Teagues. She lets me sell the house, uh, get rid of the business, and we start to finance my own professional career at the start. Mm-hmm. And then then all of a sudden, I'm starting to get good good sponsorship on board, and uh, we've got some great people on board now. If 
Uh, if I plug them all, I'll be here for a while. Oh, we can do it at the end, mate. Yeah, we'll do cool, it at cool. the end. We'll 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 sweet, 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 yeah. sweet. So anyway, um, so anyway, she backs me. We sell everything up. Um, we buy this little little joint in. Um, we land on our feet with the place we bought down Blair Gary there, mm-hmm. Blair Gary Sereno, um, right on the border, and we renovated that. And um, so anyway, I just become a full time fighter. I re- reconnect with with Mitch Cook, mm-hmm. um, and now this is this is my life. It's all I do. I train. My body's good. And since that fight, the improvement. And in everything in nutrition, that food stuff, mm-hmm. and and my 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 strength, just everything, my body's strong. I keep everything together now. So I want to ask you, Jade. Um, now getting back into like, uh, or not getting back, but getting getting to like um, the behind the scenes of what you actually do as a fighter. Like, how much? Obviously, you have to have an engine. Like that's you yep. got you got to train your skills. Oh yeah, you got to train your engine. Now, is there any like um, like when you say strength conditioning, how much strength? Do you throw in there? Because and like, what's what is the mix? If you had, say, you got a hundred, a hundred points of a hundred percent of your training, and forty of it goes to skills, like boxing yep. skills, like sixty yep. percent to engine, and what's that? That's hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how, how do you how do you split it up? <laughs> what about the other fourteen percent? How much? How much is there? Is there much strength in strength in strength and conditioning as a boxer? And then how much time you dedicate to like skills? And uh, yeah, look, look. Well, I train. I train anywhere from two to three times a day. Um, and it just depends on Mitch Cook. He programs everything. So I'm on like a similar thing they do with all, all their athletes at Melbourne Storm. So everything is everything's recorded. Like your, your sleep and your well-being is recorded mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Your nutrition, everything. Um, how, how you're resting. Like everything is recorded and everything's programmed with load and intensity right the yeah. way through. So we'll go through a strength block at the start of our first few weeks of training camp. Yeah. So we do more strength and then um, so then once we hit out all of our targets in that, everything's going well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we then we up the up the um, lung capacity up the, cardio yeah. side. Yep, yep, yep. So then we up everything. So it's all every every base is covered. Like it's not it's not it's hard to break down. It goes in waves depending on when yeah. the fight is basically. Yep. Depending yep. on when the fight is and depending on what Issues I'm having with my body at the yeah, moment sweet. because because I got a, lot, a few miles on the clock with the with the concrete and being a fat pig and <laughs> everything. I um I have to there's certain things I have to do to keep yeah. my body strong and yep. everything. So For sure. it's it's hard to break break down. Can I ask you um, on that? You were just talking about you measure your wellness. So when I was um I went to a um a course once. Uh, Matt Chan did a thing about um ten ten um he had ten. Uh, data points that he used for um, keeping track of his wellness. Yep. And it was like, wake up in the morning, how do I feel out of 10? Yep. You know? How do yep. I rate of exactly perceived, right. like fucking rest, whatever? Um, how does my urine look? Do I look Do I look under, uh, do I look dehydrated? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, how is my hunger? Like, do I have an appetite or do I feel, because, you know, if you're overtrained, you might not have an appetite. So there was 10 different, like, data points that he would use. And it would, and if I think if three of them went in the wrong direction for two days, you had to think like some system. If three of them went in the wrong direction two or three days in a row, you know I'm getting worse in these yeah. in these fields. Then that was like easy day or rest day uh, because okay. I feel like I'm getting overtrained. It was really quite. I can't remember really obviously all of it, but how yeah. do you do your like wellness? Like how's it work, mate? You'd have to speak to Mitch Cook. That's right. why I work with him. I didn't right. even know. I only learnt to say the word nutrition <laughs> a few minutes ago. Minutes ago yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, you'd have to speak to Mitch, mate. Like he, 
I have that much faith in what he's done because my body was absolutely stuffed. Uh, my shoulders were stuffed too. And I've only had um, I've only had a couple little flare-ups along the way because what he says goes. Like he he programs all my training and even dad and everyone reports to Mitch with with how I'm doing in training and everything. Mm-hmm. So he can he can literally almost predict it when I'm gonna fuck yeah. up or whatever. Like yeah. and he he's that onto it. And um yeah, so every mm. every everything goes through him. He knows I just do what I'm told. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I was left to my own devices, which I've fucked up a couple of times, if I feel good, I'll go off the program a little bit and yeah. I'll push that bit harder. Mm-hmm. And that is when I've injured myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then then Mitch is like, Oh, how did it happen? And I tell him, he's like what the fuck you even got me employed? Yeah. What the yeah. fuck have you yeah, even got right. me working with you me. for? Like, yeah. I'm I'm here for a reason. You have to listen to me. This is why it happened. And then he breaks it all down. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Sorry, dude. So, sorry, man. But sorry. like he full on rips into me like because everything, he puts in so much work to make sure that for right through the program, my load intensity and gets middle peak for fights. And so after that fight, that I lost that fight. I had one one quick fight, just to just a, a quick fight to get back. Then I won. I uh, ended up winning a PABA title, um, a first round knockout over a, Europe, a European fella come over to fight me. He's not from the region. I won that. My first defense was against a guy who's been an absolute legend in only my eighth fight. So to lose to Breeze and then to come back and I fought Nader Hamden, and uh, that was a huge fight for me. And at that point in my career, everyone's like, "Nah, it's too early." Nate is gonna Nate is gonna do you in. Mm. Anyway, I won every single round of that fight. And um what a lot of people don't know, and here's another mental toughness thing as well. Um for that for that particular fight, I signed the contract to fight Nader Hamden. Uh, my father in law was battling cancer at the moment, which he's since passed. Um so at the time I was spending a lot of time in the hospital away from the gym and then mm. then my wife's grandfather as well, Tommy. Um, he was um, he was slowly slowly dying too with uh, with heart problems. So anyway, so we've got all this heavy shit going on whilst I'm trying to train for this fight, and I'm spending more time in the hospital than I was in the gym. But I'd signed to fight Nader, and not like not once like I didn't feel sorry for myself or anything. I just had to be there for my wife. I had mm-hmm. to had to put the brave face on, and had to with everything that's going on, just try to be positive and try and just. Just keep, keep everything going. together. Mm. Keep life going. And Teagues was strong as yeah. through the whole thing too for her family. Like she was sort of like the rock and uh, and I had to be her rock. So I had the biggest fight of my career coming up and then uh, my father-in-law actually passed just in the lead up to it. So we had the funeral and everything. Then Tommy passed like only a week mm. or two later. And then we had that funeral as well. And then I had to fight Nada Hand, the biggest fight of my life. Mm-hmm. I struggled to make, make the weight. Um because I didn't wasn't able to put enough in, mm-hmm. but because I'd made my mind up that this is this is it now. Like after losing to to Ryan, I was never ever gonna just go. Oh, I'm I'm just doing enough. I'm beating this guy from now on. Whenever I fight someone, like I'm gonna beat you because I've rolled the dice and my wife has rolled the dice. Mm-hmm. I could just go get a job and be paid and get on with life. Like that'd mm-hmm. be good. But anyway, I passed out making weight um, with just Tegan there passed out head smashing off the tiles i'm convulsing and uh, she wanted to call an ambulance i'm like nah i'm making way she's like just drink something she's crying and everything that's going on now i'm 
flopping around on the ground like a fish because mm-hmm. I'm de- that dehydrated that I've just passed out, smashed Fuck my head no. on the floor. So anyway, long story short, I rehydrate and because I've made my mind up to do this now, um, for 10 rounds, I just fought at just an unbelievable pace and mm-hmm. just did not let this guy into the fight and won the fight. Wow. And then from there, we fought on the undercard of Danny Green's show. And then um, then I got the opportunity to go to Japan and fight over there, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Like, I love Japan. I know you've been there. Yeah, I love it. It's times. love it. But um, that opportunity come up, and this is another sacrifice I had to make. Um, to go over there, they lowballed us with with uh, with money, so uh, it was only thirty six hundred dollars Australian. But Jesus. I went over to Japan to his own backyard to fight then number thirteen in the world, Shintaro Matsumoto. Um, so this is another thing. People are like, fuck, you don't want to go over there and do that for that sort of money. Too big a risk. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's no reward. I'm like, I knew there's reward because you get that uh, OPBF title, and I'm the champion in my region with the WBC. My world rating, I keep defending it. I'm mm-hmm. going to be up there. So yeah. I just, I had to do it. The opportunity was too good. Once again, rolled the dice, no money. Um, everything was on his terms and they didn't even have a belt there for me either. I had to buy my own championship belt, <laughs> which was like well. 1200 bucks plus postage. Um, <laughs> so take that out of me, 3600 bucks. They gave me like a hundred bucks a day for me, dad, and Mitch to survive, which Jeez. is pretty cool. But anyway, everything stacked against me. Once again, <laughs> once again, I um I injured myself, my shoulder. I stretched the ligaments in my shoulder before that fight. Two weeks out, so shoulder's gone. I can't throw a right hand, but I've made my mind up. I'm going to win this fight, mm. so I'm doing it, no matter what. I'm winning it. Mm. Um. They don't let me wrap my hands properly. I'm only allowed to have one layer of bandage over my hands. Now, when you're a boxer, you you punching pretty hard. Mm. You hit someone on the elbow, you hit them on the hip, you hit them on the top of the head, you break your hands or yeah. rupture tendons in your knuckles, which is exactly what I did in about two rounds in. But I made my mind up once again that no matter what, I was beating these guys, taking your title. I don't care that I'm not getting paid. I don't care that you don't even have a belt for me. <laughs> I'm beating you. And that's what I did. And then a couple of weeks later, come back home with um, ruptured tendons in both my knuckles, fought for the WBA Oceana interim title in order to force a fight with the number 12 in the world, which mm. he's since been stripped of his world rating and everything. So yep. it's sort of for nothing now. But uh, we beat the Chilean champion. Then uh, at the start of this year, all of a sudden I find myself in a really, really, uh, really serious position. Yeah, yeah, definitely. At the start of this year... Uh, I caked on a heap of weight again because I had a few weeks off and just partied way too hard and uh, had to lose 21 kilos in just under two months to fight Les Sherrington. Les Sherrington's a two-time world champion, a minor world champion, and he'd done everything. He's been one of our best fighters for for the past for the past 10 years sort of thing. So anyway, mm. fight Les. I get all the weight off. Once again, Mitch Cook does an amazing job with my strength conditioning and monitoring my load and intensity and everything and, and mm-hmm. structures everything just perfectly because you got a fat pig coming back to camp again to train like a world-class athlete. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't work. Like something's got to give. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I got through that entire yeah. training camp without any injuries and it's all because of that man's structure of my training program. Mm-hmm. Mitch Cook, he's an absolute legend. We got it done. And uh, anyway, ended up knocking Les out in the sixth round, which is good. 
I fought a couple of spazzes in between Les, um, which are just listening to the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so no, a couple of couple of couple of spazzes. One of them, one of them went ten rounds with the number twelve ranked fighter that I spoke of earlier right. that I was meant to be fighting. Now I don't know if it'll happen because they're sort of trying it. I don't think they're keen on the fight. They sort of priced themselves out. But he went ten rounds with him and I knocked him out in five rounds in my last fight. Um, so yeah, so now here we are. Fighting Aniwar Yulitali on the 23rd of July, um, defending my OPBF and the full WBA Oceana title. We're rated number 17 with the WBC, and I'm about to be instated between number 11 and 15 with the WBA. Win over Yulitali puts me up there that little bit higher, and then September 2nd, so I've got to back it up six weeks later. After fighting Yulitali is a beast. Um, we're looking at a really big fight then that will make me crack the top 10 in the world or if mm. not higher. 2018, I'm chasing Tyrone Zuge, the WBA World Super Middleweight Champion and cool. hopefully we can bring a title to Melbourne, That'd defend it here. Yeah. That'd cool. be awesome. Fight, uh, fight for it, win it here and defend it here. So, mm. Sweet. Yeah, it's planned. Well, um, that was a fucking... Solid cool, interview. Cool, uh, cool. Can I breathe now? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can fart, mate. Um... Jade, I'm not going to fart everyone. I had a, I had a, um, I had a bunch of questions that I wanted to get in there, but I couldn't get them in there. Yeah, we got to wrap it up. We got six. We got to. Oh, we got to. Really? We got to. Fuck, we gotta, sorry, dude. <laughs> nah, it's um the main thing I wanted to say. The main thing I wanted to say. The main question I wanted to ask. Um, and we got to, we, We'll do six. From, we'll go to six from six in a sec. Yeah. Um, the main question I wanted to ask was with your. So the funny thing that I see with like boxing in general and like. When I see you with like all your different belts and so on and so forth, I don't understand like how does it work when you've got so many different federations and divisions and stuff to actually make your way to the top? Yep. Like, cause how many at the top, like at the world champion level, like how many federations, boxing federations are there? Like, I consider there to be four. There's right. the WBA, which is the longest standing boxing federation yep. association mm-hmm. then you've got the wbc you've got the ibf and the wbo right you win any of those they're your ticket to to big dollars mm-hmm. and the thing is is people 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 um think like um it's crap having that many and there's so many world champions and this and that but back in the day world champions used to defend their title like a heap of times a year today you you defend your title once a year and with the backlog of fighters fighters who are trying to get up there mm. and become world champion, I know to me it makes it more interesting. And you get a hold of one of those belts, you call yourself world champion. There's more world title fights, and then when you have unifications, mm. guys that have continually beaten the best of the best, and then they fight each other. So, so when you say world ranking, like you're talking about bumping up your world ranking, is that yep. like do they combine the rankings of all the different divisions? Is there like one ranking? Or is that that's like like how does that whole thing work? Because um, the thing is, like, how well, do you know who's the best? Yeah, well, you got that's the question well, that I got, ask. Like, how got, do you know? You got Boxrec, which is still subjective too. Because who the hell's running Boxrec? Like right now, out of every super middleweight on the face of the planet, with Boxrec, I'm number. I think I'm high thirties or mm-hmm. or um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So gotcha. we're about there. But with the WBC, which is one of the WBC and WBA, the two biggest mm-hmm. most prestigious governing bodies i think oh look ibf WBA, they're they're all big but mm-hmm. i'm 17 in the world with them and like i said i'm gonna be put in somewhere about 11 to 15 with the wba mm. yeah um so yeah i've always found so, that really like kind of yeah. 
like a convoluted yeah, mystery. Yeah, it's, 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 I think it's a detriment to boxing, personally, as a fan. Because oh. I think, like, you think of like the NBA, the N- NHL, NFL, Australian Rules Football, AFL, yeah, yeah, USC yeah. kind of has the monopoly, you know, you know although there's the still. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's the thing that makes boxing like well, tough to tougher for me to get around because I'm yeah. like I'm like you know that's mm. I reckon it needs to be like a clear distinction of like from an out real outsider looking in you know there's the ring magazine belt too which is once you've got that bad boy you are the king of that division right. um, so so that's like they put that on for like unification belts or whatever unifications right. and it's it's um, their ring magazine rankings too you could be world champion and not even be in the top 10 in the world for with a ring magazine yeah so Ring Magazine is the so-called Bible of boxing. They got their own belt, and that goes to the man. Yeah, mm. sweet. So that's how it works. Well, um, all right, Jade, we got to get you out of we'll here. Do, uh, we'll um, do six from we'll... six the way it's supposed to be. So just <laughs> short, right. sharp questions. <laughs> right, yeah. we've, got, like we've got we've got six minutes for six from six. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, I like it. Um, <laughs> so, all right, I'll start off, Jade. So, my first question is: your favourite travel destination on the planet? Somewhere that you've been that's top of your list. Uh, I'd probably say I love New York City. Mm-hmm. Me and my wife went there. It was just the two of us. Um, that's where I popped the question. And oh, really? There's just so many, so many. Even just Manhattan Beautiful. itself. Like yeah, we're there for like just over a weekend. Every single day, night, city that never sleeps. Mm. There's just so much to do. So much. Yeah, to New York City. Yeah, you I love call New these York. bagels? Bada bim, bada boom. Second question is similar vein. Like, what is your dream destination? Somewhere that you haven't been that's absolute top of the bucket list? Because um, of how much my wife has supported me and um, how much she's behind me in this and how much she misses out on a normal life because this is all we do. And yeah. she just sells fights and stuff flat out. She wants to see the Northern Lights. Oh, so. come with Adventure Vid in November. Bang, Iceland. There you go. All right, well. Done. If I'm not fighting in November, sorry, baby. But yeah, uh, but yeah so that's that's what cool. it's like. So that's what that's one place that takes always like I want you to take me there one day. So Sick. that's that's my ultimate is because that will make her happy and she's sacrificed so much for mm, me. Yeah, awesome, man. Uh, my last question is: Any um, books that you like to recommend to people? <laughs> uh, actually, sorry. So my last question was: uh, What's your favorite TV show, Jay? Yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite? Uh, I, I have never read a book in my <laughs> entire life. I've never read a novel day. in my entire life. I don't meditate. I once did Bikram yoga. <laughs> yeah, right. And Good answer. That by? Good answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, do you read the newspaper? <laughs> I do. If I'm in it. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I read the newspaper. I read. I read shit. No, all right, no worries. Well, um, sweet, I'll throw over to Tommy. Tommy, you got uh, three from yeah. three. I can read. Just to be clear, what I can read. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jay, what do you like to do when you have some spare time? Read. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, yeah. right now when I've got spare time, I like to sleep because my mm. life's crazy. I'm either training or trying to or trying to organise fights or or some sort of sponsorship thing, or just doing a little thing like this, just mm. anything I can do to build my brand and get myself out there, so sleep. Mm. And uh, what about an inspiration or someone you looked up to as a kid, apart from uh, Rocky and uh, – who was the other one you said? Rocky Mike Tyson. And, yes, yes. Um, man, oh, I get inspiration from everywhere. Even now, like um, – I'm inspired by by Bill, yeah. Adventure Fit. Like, yeah, you have a bit a, of a loser. I'm yeah, pretty inspirational, mate. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like, just people, anyone, anyone who's having a crack in life, like, yeah. I get inspiration out of anything. Like, it's it's just cool to see. Mm. And uh, 
Yeah, I draw inspiration from anywhere. Uh, One thing that's super inspirational now is kids who want to get involved in in my sport or they remind me of when I was a when I was a little tacker as well. Mm. Like you watch when I fight, I've got like a, a cavalcade of kids carrying belts out and stuff and and I just love having the kids involved in it. And mm. like I said, the razzmatazz, the lights, the cameras, all that stuff, little kids in there, like just being a part of it. Yeah. I would love that when I was younger. Um that is cool as and then um even out the back when we're getting ready, the seriousness of you're about to fight and the kids are out there running muck. They don't give mm. a fuck. Like there's all this noise and laughter and carrying on and they're play fighting and shit like that. Well, don't get I too like, excited about kids, mate. There's a couple like, of legal issues. Are they play fucking? It's yeah. Are you going to get involved? Is this, is, this, is this like the black thing again? Yeah. So, joking, so you guys, you guys, kitty fiddling and racism. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Kitty fiddling and racism. Welcome to the show. Uh, kitty fit racist uh, fit radio. <laughs> so yeah, get inspiration from everywhere. Yeah. And nowadays, I love. Uh, it reminds me of when I was a kid looking up to fighters. I like to give back like mm. that too. Beautiful, beautiful. Totally against kitty fiddling. Yeah, that's right. No, we all, all three of us. And, and race, <laughs> Mike Phil. Um, and uh, finally, mate, if you can invite three people, dead or alive, to dinner, uh, apart from your lovely wife, of course, uh, who would they be and she'd, why? She'd be there. She'd, she'd be, be there. She'd, she'd be, be there. Yes, she'd be cooking. Don't say it. But um, she'd be cooking. No, but, now um, also uh, misogynist, fucking what's the racist yeah. kitty fiddler. Yeah. Oh, right. Wife yeah, it's all happening. Yeah. 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 Um, Muhammad Ali, of yeah, course. Absolutely. I'd say Muhammad Ali, just after he beat George Foreman when he had all his faculties, mm. faculties just an amazing person, amazing mm. humanitarian, mm. one of the greatest athletes ever to live, just absolute legend. And then absolutely. Will Farrell. Yes. Uh, yes. Who, the, it- who the fuck would have a choice to have dinner with? people and not have will oh, like, totally. I'd have Ron yeah. Burgundy and then <laughs> or Chas Michael Michael do you really have yeah. will of cheese yeah um, well maybe Ron Burgundy Chas Michael Michaels and Ricky Bobby uh, and then I don't know and then someone like Bowie or Freddie Mercury oh, or someone like one. that shit yeah, yeah. So, it's a good three from three I don't think we've had I think we've had Will for a once we've never had Muhammad Ali Despite the fact that it's really? a really obvious one, yeah. and then uh, Freddie Mercury be unreal, yeah. especially especially today, especially in today's climate as well with the whole religion and race race, thing, which has always been there. Mm-hmm. But just Ali was just such a brilliant humanitarian, oh, and it's it? not just what he did in the ring, which nah. was he was amazing. Yeah, but just him as a person and his Stay outlook on life believes, and oh. Dude, like, mm. just what a fucking amazing mm. human being! Like, mm, absolutely. There's no, there's not been, there's been few, there's uh, just few and far between people like that yep. who will go on forever. Just yeah, impacted the culture of the world as much as the literally, sport. Though. Literally changed sport. the world. Yeah, yeah. 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 literally. Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, mm. so him and Will Farrell. And, yeah, Bowie or Mercury. Oh, I don't know. Just toss up. <laughs> well, uh, Jay, that was great, mate. Um, finally, if you want to plug anything or, or market yourself or, or give any sort of content out to the listeners, uh, now's your time to do it. Plug away, my friend. Um, Where can people find you, mate? Hey. Where can people find you? Where can people you? find me? Yeah. Uh, oh, everything now's on. Everything now's just social media, Facebook, mm. Instagram. Um, look up JJ Mitch Mitchell on Facebook. Got a page there. You can like it. Keep up to speed with everything that's going on. Or my Instagram account, which is Jamich Boxing. Um, and the next fight? When's the next fight? Next fight is the 21st of July. Uh, where the main event on Big Time Boxing's um, show down there at uh, Racecourse Road, Flemington, the Pavilion. Mm. Awesome venue for the fights, the catering, everything. It's spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a tough fight. It's a hell of a fight. It's a, He's the sort of fighter 
that people in my position wouldn't normally fight because mm-hmm. I'm on the cusp of bigger things. You'd probably try to take an easier. Mm-hmm. But I want to beat this guy and I want a tough challenge so as I'm ready for mm. those next fights. So cool. it's going to be awesome. back and forth action for 10 to 12 rounds, whatever it's scheduled for. Mm. Sounds good, brother. You should probably check check in on that. You've got 25 rounds today. 20 fucking five rounds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> going to be 14 hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sweet. All right, Jay. Cool. Well, um, thanks for coming on the show, brother. And um, you got a final dick joke for us? Like you just want to say balls or something? Nah, I just wanted to fit in, man. I got no dick jokes. I just knew that you guys talk about dicks. Hey, yeah, it's I got, weird. Hey, hey, I got, I got a dick. <laughs> you guys talk about dicks. Yeah. I said that before the show to Tommy. Yeah, he he does have a dick. His name's, his name's Jade. You'll get out. You'll get out, dick. Humor. It's, yeah. uh, it's good to know. So, mate. so yeah, nah. I just wanted to fit in. You guys like you guys like dicks. Um, I've got one. Um, I've never read a book. I don't. Do meditation. Yeah, we can We brought we brought the common ground with with all having dicks between yeah, us. Three yeah. dicks between it's us. Good to know. I, I yeah. feel closer for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right number. Any yeah. less than three would have been weird. Yeah, and been any weird. any more than three would have been even weirder. It's too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too, too, too much. Yeah. Hummus. <laughs> all right, brother. Thanks, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Cheers, legends. Alrighty, guys. If you are a first time listener and you enjoyed the show, please go ahead and subscribe. If you are a multi time listener. Go ahead and leave us a rating and review. We haven't had a rating review in a little while. We're up to 75 reviews in Australia. Um, we've got a bunch in the States as well, but we're at 75. We've been there for a few weeks, so send us a funny review and we'll read it out on the show and uh, you'll get your 15 minutes of fame. Also, if you want anything from the show notes of the show, anything that we, uh, we touched on, they'll be found at www.adventuretravel.com forward slash radio. And don't forget to check out quashcreative.com, audibletrial.com forward slash AWF radio and www.adventurefittravel.com using the code word radio for 10% off all Adventure Fit holidays. That's it from me. See you next week.